the college football experience, Colorado Buffalo season preview on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by WinBet. Get started today and you get a risk-free bet up to $500 terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store today. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi State, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Welcome to the college football experience, Colorado Buffalo season preview. My name is Colby swinging Dan to base Dan, AKA pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick and we are talking Colorado Buffalo football. We are talking buff football, and I will cue that Dundee music too. I just had to get that Buffalo theme song here. The Colorado Buffaloes, yes. Crazy run last year. Four and two season, four and one in the regular season. Considering they were the last team to hire their head coach, basically got there right when COVID landed. I'm talking about Carl Durrell after Mel Tucker kind of leaves in the middle of the night. And then Carl Durrell has a great season with the, they, they move a safety to quarterback and they kind of make all this kind of work to have a successful season with, a, you know, no spring ball, new head coach, new, new, like basically no time to, to prep. They didn't even think they were going to have a season, but the Colorado Buffaloes had a great season and carrying this, you know, some nice momentum into this next season. Got to get it back to the days of the eighties and the nineties with bill McCartney and Gary Barnett. And uh, just so many, so many great players they used to have back in the day from Cordell Stewart to uh, Rashawn Salam, rest in peace to just a slew of really good players they've had back in the day. Uh, Chad Brown's the Dion figures, Chris Hudson's um, Jimmy Smith. They got to get that going. And, and I think uh, look, if you're a buff fan, like myself, this one's personal for me because I mean, I, I kind of wish we would have stayed in the big 12, but I'm, I grew up a, a, a Colorado fan. So this one means a lot to me and I'm excited to have on. Uh, we're going to have the voice of the Colorado Buffalo is Mark Johnson on the show. I'm telling you a lot of times you, you, you see play by play announcers and their similar voices. You can't, it's hard to uh, know which one is which Well, No, you know, when you hear Mark Johnson has got a great voice, uh, a great play play by play analyst. So uh, yeah, excited to have him on the show. Talking Colorado football, excited uh, for the future of the buffs, man. And, 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 
we're going to touch more on this, but Carl Durrell is one that I think, uh, you know, he never really had a really bad season at UCLA. So I think that is like one of the things that under uh, like at first, I think when everyone high, when, when he got hired, I thought all of us were like, I don't know about this hire, but I, I, you look back at his, his records. He had UCLA in a decent spot. Now, yes, some of those years, maybe that they underachieved, but they never were truly bad. So I think it was a good underrated coaching hire by Rick George there. Um, but we're going to talk more. We're going to talk more buff football with Mark Johnson. But first I want to tell you guys that the college experience is brought to you by win bet. Win bet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games, generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at win bet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to a $500 risk-free sports bet terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and download the app today. I also want to tell you guys that we're brought to you by PropSwap. Yes, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other sports bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high. Well, you can submit a bid for a price that you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And, and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is essentially worth. Uh, last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Milwaukee Bucks championship future for $150 when they were down 1 0 to the Nets. And then he resold it for $1,000 after the Bucks won game seven. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't even need to win in order for you to make money, it just needs to improve. Think. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting, use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Just go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Joining us on the college football experience is voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, Mark Johnson. How you doing, Mark? I, I can't thank you enough for hopping on and talking buff football. You bet. Good to be on with you. Yo. Considering the year Coley we had last year, I'm happy to talk football with anybody anytime, man. I mean, I'm just, I think a lot, like a lot of fans around the state of Colorado, uh, and, and even though they had a, a nice inaugural year for Carl Jarrell going four and one during the regular season, it was shortened. Nobody was at the game. So right now, everyone's just chomping at the bit, waiting to get back at Folsom Field. And yeah, we can't wait till the football season gets underway here in Colorado. Uh, and, and look, I grew up, uh, granted, I grew up in Washington, D.C., the D.C. area, but I grew up. Okay. My, my oldest brother was a Notre Dame fan. So in, 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 in 90 color, I root against whatever my brother likes at a young age. So I became a Colorado fan by default. Uh, and, and I was, a uh, have been a diehard Colorado fan. So it's even more personal for me on this episode. I'm honored to have you on and, and I'm really excited to talk about football. Cause I, as, as last season, Obviously, the Mel Tucker departure left a bad taste, and I think a lot of Colorado guys or fans' mouths. And and just kind of just we didn't know about the Darrell hire. It was so late in the season, and then COVID hits. Nope. I don't. I, I, he didn't even. I don't even think he got spring ball in. And then and then just the Pac-12 season. We didn't know what was happening. And and then they they play ball, and we were converting a, a safety to quarterback. I know he'd been previously. Uh, quarterback a, a few years ago, but had 
really been a safety, Sam Neuer. And we, we kind of just threw everything together. We go four and one. And, and, and I I can tell you that I was delighted. Obviously I would have loved to win that Utah game and, and, uh, and, and, you know, move along to potentially the PAC 12 championship if they had allowed us to, but what do you make of Carl Durrell year? Well, I mean, you gotta be just uh, like me, right? Just like, Oh my gosh, look at this. This is great. And you know, and, and, and look at his track record at UCLA. He never really had a lot of bad seasons there. So what, what do you make of uh, coach Durrell? Well, Colby, you just touched on something that I think is important for And, and I preached it here in the state of Colorado about Carl Durrell, you know, when he, when the hire happened and as you talked about Mel Tucker, midnight Mel, as they call him here in, in, uh, in Boulder and Denver, uh, you know, leaves late. So it's the month of February and there's all sorts of names out there that you're starting to hear. Some of them are high profile names. And then Carl Durrell all of a sudden pops up as a leading candidate and gets the job and immediately see you fans are like, wow, you know, when he was at UCLA, he didn't have great success. Well, he had uh, some pretty nice years at UCLA. The problem was the best team in America was across town at USC. And so UCLA got impatient and made a change. So that's what happened to Carl. And then, you know, he matures over the course of time, spends many years in the NFL. I think becomes a much better coach, but you're right. I mean, he got here late, gets a staff together about 14, 15 days after he got the staff, COVID hits, everything falls apart. There is no spring ball. There is no season. Ultimately, then there is a season. And so considering what he went through, uh, I think he handled it about as well as you possibly could. I've said this about Carl Durrell. People always say, what's, what are you, what are you impressed about, you know, with Carl about at this point? And I always say this on a scale of one to 10 emotionally, he rides between about a four and a six all the time. I mean, that's where he is. And, and that shouldn't indicate in any way there's not an intensity there, but he's just one of those guys that rides right here. Right. And I think the players have responded to that with as chaotic as it was in college athletics last year. I think they fed off that because there was always kind of that, that cornerstone they felt they could kind of cling to. Uh, they, they seemed to trust him. And, uh, you know, it was a great first year. And now, now we're hoping to see uh, now with a running start to a real season here in 2021. I think everyone's very excited. Yeah. And you, you look at the, the offense. Now I know Sam Neuer um, played, played big for us last year, considering yep. we didn't know our quarterback situation, but he just transferred out to Oregon state. I believe he's from the state of Oregon. Um, so now we're kind of in this spot where, okay, you got Brandon Lewis who, who, who played in that is uh, a redshirt freshman, but as a freshman, he played in the, the, the bowl game against Texas and actually showed some flashes. I thought, yep. a- and then we brought in a Tennessee transfer in JT shroud. Do we have any idea? Is this just going to be an open competition? Uh, come, come camp. I think so. And both of those guys had their moments in spring ball and, and we broadcast the spring game and uh, I think both had nice moments. Some had, uh, you know, there were some moments where they struggled a little bit. They're both young players. Now, Shroud did start a handful of games for Tennessee in the SEC. So he's got by far the most game experience between the two. And I would say when you watch him, you, you can see there's a, uh, the, the, he's got the, the, the mental acumen, if you will, as a quarterback, even though he's learning the system, he makes quick decisions. The ball comes out quickly. Brendan Lewis, as you mentioned, though, in that Alamo Bowl against Texas, had some athletic flashes out there. Now I think he's still doing the mental gymnastics and kind of learning what he needs to as a quarterback, but both of them are very exciting from a potential standpoint. And so I think that's really going to be an interesting battle come fall camp. Sam Neuer would have been a 60 year senior and, and would have been the incumbent, but I think he kind of saw the writing of the wall as well. Um, he was hurt during spring ball, had that shoulder surgery, which affected the, his late season last year. And he saw the way those two guys are battling and he's thinking to himself, you know, if I'm a head coach and all things being equal here, are you going to go with the sixth year guy 
Or are you going to go with one of the two younger guys who's going to have three, four years ahead of them? And so I think he saw what was happening, so he transferred back home. But but even with that being said, and then Drew Carter's going to be in the mix, who's a pretty highly regarded recruit they brought in as well. Obviously, between Lewis and Shrout, they're, they're the leaders in the clubhouse, if you will. But those two, I think, are going to be very interesting to watch. That'll be the first time, you know, last year, there was a competition, but it was such an odd year, obviously. But prior to that, you know, it was about seven straight years with Sepalou foul. And uh, Steven Montez with a quarterback position was set. And so this is the first time in a long time there's been a, a real battle and a real question going into fall camp. Yeah. And, and you look at the team a season ago, I, 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 they were 23rd in the nation and running the ball, but 87th in the pass. Uh, and I love this receiving unit we have. Now, I know Katie yeah. Nixon transfers out to USC, but Levante Chenault, brother of Lavishka Chenault, has shown a lot of flashes. Uh, uh, Dimitri Stanley, son of, of Walter Stanley, former green Bay Packer, former, and, and at one time a Colorado Buffalo, um, he is back. And, and br- the one that really stole, I thought the, 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 that little bit of a season that we had was Brendan rice, the son of Jerry yep. rice and, and Maurice bell. I should mention too. I mean, the, the receiving unit, I, I feel great about if we can get the ball in like, uh, that's not a knock against Neuer, but I, I thought based on our talent of receivers at, at, with Colorado, I thought we would be able to throw the ball a bit better. Does that make sense yeah, to you? That, yeah, that, that receiving room is supremely talented. And and I'll just throw you you went down the bulk of the guys. Montana Lamonius Craig is another guy that, that had flashes uh, last year. Daniel Arias had injury issues last year. He's got the look of an NFL guy, you know, six three, six four, about two hundred and ten pounds, very physical guy. And there's a couple of other young guys coming in. So there's all kinds of talent in that receiving core. And, and I've been saying all along, and I, I know we'll talk a little bit about the running back position with Jerry Broussard, what he was able to do last year, but that, that room is loaded as well. And so I've been saying all along, boy, if, if either of those two quarterbacks can get a little bit of protection. So to me, it all falls upon that offensive front with all the skill guys they've got in various positions this offense could be fun to watch. And so along with that quarterback battle between Lewis and shroud, I'm going to be one when camp gets it away about August 1st, I'm really going to be watching those big fellas up front to see how good that unit's going to be, because if they can be, if they can be solid up front, I think this team could be a lot of fun to watch offensively. Yeah. And you, you hit on the front. We were returning uh, the buffs are returning four or five starters on the offensive line. So we, we got to like th- the continuity there. We're also bringing in a, yep. a transfer from Ohio state and Iowa that potentially could get some burn. I don't, I, I will see, I guess as the, as camp uh, happens, but also the tight end position last year, Brady Russell was injured. We were extremely thin. If memory serves me correct at the tight end position. Yep. Uh, now we got a, a transfer from Arkansas and Blaine toll coming in. I think that might be able to help that ground attack too. Uh, we touched on Jarek Broussard who had like 900 yards and five touchdowns in just you know, a shortened season, Alex Fontenot, I think back from, from injury, Jared Mangum though, transfers out to South Florida. You, you feel good though, about the, uh, the offensive line and spring ball and, and perhaps the running game being the, you know, a replicant of last season, perhaps. Well, I, I think so. Broussard was such a surprise last year. I mean, we had heard, I remember when, when they recruited him out of uh, the, uh, the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, Darren Chevarini had told me, he goes, I think we got somebody special here, but you know, the kid was coming off an injury. And then in year one, he had another knee injury. And so we kind of forgot about it, to be honest with you. And so when, when uh, camp rolled around and then Fontenot gets hurt, who, who had rushed for about 800 yards the year before, and all of a sudden, Jerick Broussard's looking outstanding. You're like, wow, where'd this kid come from? And so nobody expected him that kind of year. But it wasn't a total shock because for a couple of years, they've been telling us this kid had something. So with Broussard coming back, with Fontenot coming back, 
Uh, and and uh, the other guy to talk about is Ashant Clayton, who was a true freshman last year. Now, he was a highly uh, regarded recruited kid out of the New Orleans area, Colby, and, and he had flashes a year ago. And, you know, I, I've talked to a couple of coaches uh, around the conference who think he's an NFL-type guy because they were all recruiting him. And so you've got three solid running backs, three potential NFL-level guys, and so you feel good about that. And, again, to me, it all goes back to that that offensive front. I mean, that, that unit – Blocked well for the run last year. I think from a passing perspective, it was it was up and down at different times. They dealt with a couple of injuries. They do lose Will Sherman. That's the one guy you mentioned. They got four or five guys coming back. He was drafted in the NFL. And so you lose your left tackle over there. But they've got a couple of youngsters that they feel good about and had them develop pretty good, plus the, 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 the guys coming in. So, you know, I, I'm optimistic, but cautiously. You know, I've, I've got a little Missouri in it. I'm going to wait and see what happens when camp gets here. Yeah, and I, I do. I will credit as much as I, you know, wasn't happy with the Mel Tucker exit. I do think he really brought that physicality to this team. So yeah. um, now, getting nine starters back on offense. Hopefully, we can reproduce. Uh, you know that that ground attack uh, from a season ago on the defensive side of the ball, eight starters back on defense. And then Carl Durrell gets, I think finally I, I, his DC that he w- perhaps wanted in Chris Wilson, who was part of the Gary Barnett staff back in the early two thousands when, you know, they went to a fiesta bowl. So uh, what, what do you like in, in Chris Wilson and ha- what do you think the differences will be defensively adding Chris Wilson compared to uh, summers? You know, I've, I've known Chris, let's see when I got here in 2004. So I've been doing, this will be my 18th season coming up doing the Buffaloes. And in the prior stop, I was at Syracuse prior to that. And prior to that, I was at Illinois State. And I was at Illinois State. Uh, that was my first Division One job way back in 1990, was it, seven or eight, somewhere in that range. And Chris Wilson was on Todd Berry's staff right there. And so I've known Chris now for 25 years and always been a big fan of his. And then on top of it, uh, your viewers may not know, I, I work with Gary Barnett, the great coach, my analyst on our football broadcast on the Colorado Football Network. And, and you mentioned he was on Gary's staff when I first got here in 2004. And so um, both of us are huge fans. And Gary will tell you, he thinks that Chris Wilson's as fine a football coach as Chris America. And I know that when Carl Durrell brought him on that defensive side of the ball as a defensive line coach, um, I, I knew that eventually there might be an opportunity for him to be the DC here because he is a, a like I said, a, a, an X's and O's guy. The players respond to him. He's, he's a little bit of a throwback, hard-nosed kind of guy. And uh, when he got here uh, this uh, second time, I'll never forget. Gary said those defensive linemen are in for a treat. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, they've never been coached like this guy to coach them. And when we saw it last year, and so there's an aggressiveness about Chris, there's an accountability about him. And a lot of guys talk about that. You hear those, those kind of uh, phrases thrown around all the time, but when you watch Chris and you talk to the players who are coached by him, um, when, when Chris Wilson says you jump, he asks how high, there are no questions about it. And, and this defensive unit is responding to that. You know, some of the talent, and I, I know you, you'll bring up Nate Lambin. I mean, when you've got guys like that back there that are NFL caliber guys and they're being coached uh, from a systematic standpoint the way Chris does and just the, the demeanor which he has, I think those guys are going to respond this season. So are there questions on that side? Certainly. I wonder about a few things, but I, I love the scheme. I love the X's and O's. I love the attitude that that unit's bringing. And uh, will, will, he, will he totally change things in one year? No, but it's going to improve. And then while that thing moves along under his tutelage, I think it's going to grow like crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the defensive line to me, I think. Uh, I'm, first off, I, I'm I'm just excited with you saying all that because as a fan, now I'm I'm really on board with with Chris Wilson. Um, <laughs> uh, now, but the defensive line, you lose Mustafa Johnson, who I thought was going to yeah. be drafted. He didn't get drafted, but I, I think he's in some camp. But uh, 
uh, that's the the real question mark for me this year. You look at the linebacking core. I I love what I see in the linebacking core with Nate Lamb and Carson Wells, and then you got a couple transfers, Robert Barnes and Jack uh, from yep. Oklahoma, who started at Oklahoma. Jack Lamb from Notre Dame, um, and and the defensive backfield returning three of four. So I guess the the real thing is, can we just find a replacement for Mustafa Johnson? And I guess you know, be a little bit better in the defensive backfield. What's what's your take? On the whole unit as a whole, though, you think we're we're uh, in a better situation than we were a year ago? I do, I do. Um, losing Mustafa is huge. I mean, he was a playmaking guy, and I, I think the reason that he didn't get drafted is because he's a little bit undersized, but he's got phenomenal quickness and great hands and all the things you look for as a defensive lineman. So I think he's going to get a great opportunity. You, you, it hurts losing that guy, but there was enough behind him, and there was depth there last year. And that unit developed as that year went on. Terrence Lang, I think he's going to be a star. We've been saying that since he got here. I mean, he, Kobe, you'll know this thing. He, he's got an Alfred Williams look at him. I'm not making the, the comparison between he and the former Buckus Award winner who went on to play, you know, for the Denver Broncos and San Francisco 49ers and other teams in the NFL, Cincinnati Bengals. But he's got that same kind of look about him. Broad the shoulder, narrow the hip, long arms, very athletic. And you could see Terrence coming last year. So now he's an upper class, but you expect him really to kind of explode, especially with Chris Wilson again uh, coaching him. So I, I do think there's talent up front. Uh, there's depth. It's a lot of that unproven talent. Outside of Terrence, I'd say there's guys that maybe the average fan doesn't know their name right away. But but those of us inside the program have seen them. Uh, Lloyd Murray's one that comes to mind just sitting here in the offseason that, that I think uh, has shown some flashes. And so they've got an opportunity there. On the back of the defense, I think we've got some, some unknowns there. Let's put it that way. Um, Christian Gonzalez, I think is the next star corner coming out of the university of Colorado. And you well know this being a fan of the Buffaloes, uh, you know, Chita and, and, uh, Isaiah Oliver and, you know, go on down to Jimmy Smith and the long list of corners that have come out of this program here in recent years. I think he's the next guy last year. He was a freshman out there. Pac-12 coaches knew it. They went after him. He made some mistakes, but he didn't linger in them. And he learned a lot, I think, from that season. So you're going to see a lot of growth from him. But he's got that prototype you're looking for. He's 6'2", 6'2 6'3", somewhere in that range. Uh, great makeup, uh, you know, speed, um, you know, physicality back there. He's kind of the prototype of what we see now in corners in college football and the National Football League. So I love him back there. Um, there's some youth on the other side opposite him. And at the safety position's a little bit up in the air. I think Mark Perry's probably going to take one of those spots. We saw flashes from him a year ago. So there, there's you know, some questions on the defensive side. But there were guys that have played some football in that shortened season a year ago. And, and you talked about the anchoring of, of that defensive side of the ball with the linebacking core. Nate Landman is as solid a football. And I've been doing this kind of thing for 35 years. He is one of those guys with my career. So I'm going to think back about, you know, it'll be guys like, uh, you know, Nate Lamon and, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm thinking of actually some of the greats I've seen here come through here, uh, you know, but it, it'll be those one of those guys that I'm going to think about is a retired guy when I go one of the great players I've ever seen, you know, um, you know, Philip Lindsay's a guy that'll come to mind for me as well here at the University of Colorado. Nate's one of those unique linebackers that his instinct is off the charts. The great Chad Brown, who was uh, a buff all American and all, you know, all pro 15 year career in the NFL was doing a game with us when Nate was a freshman. And I'll never forget this. During a commercial break, Chad says, who's that? Who's that Landman kid? And I said, oh, he's a freshman linebacker. And he says, Mark, that kid has not missed an assignment the entire game. Now he says he's got to get stronger and he's going to learn. But he says in terms of the instinct, he said, it's been a long time since I've seen a player with that kind of instinct. He said he's always in the right position. Now he's growing into an upperclassman, 
had that terrible uh, Achilles injury last year. We're disappointed by that. He's doing very well recovering. Talked to him a number of times during spring ball. He felt good about being back to the regular season. So you expect him to kind of anchor everything for the Buffaloes defensively. And and when he went out, I mean, it was in that Utah game. It was yeah. just so noticeable. It was so yes. noticeable that and then Carson Wells tried to play up for him. And I felt like the whole team was trying to, but they could not make up for the loss of Nate Landman. So yeah, you're right. I'm I'm really excited to 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 see him uh, back healthy with this defense because he was as exciting as I I can remember a Colorado defender probably since Chad Brown. So yeah. Um, now Las Vegas sets the winter. This is what I find like confusing to me. You got these publications, these magazines out here that will have Colorado charted in the top 40 to 50, right? So, and then you look at what Vegas sets the win total at, which is four and a <laughs> half. And then I'm a bit conflicted. Cause I'm like, wait, I thought we we're a top 40, top 45 team. I see four and a half as the win total. I know the schedule is daunting considering 11 power fives. I mean, a lot of conferences only play eight or nine. The Colorado is playing 11 power fives. Maybe that's some of it with the win totals, but looking at this blindly, I would think, okay, you know, if we get good quarterback play, we can, we can, we can beat that. But then you dive into the schedule and you start off with, you know, Ed McCaffrey, who's starting uh, his coaching career with Northern Colorado, the bears uh, week one, I expect Colorado to get that done. But then after that, welcome to the gauntlet that, that, because then they get Texas A and M in, in, in Denver and then Minnesota, Arizona state and USC. I don't know that there's a harder four game stretch out the, I mean, I guess they get the Northern Colorado game, but after that, man, I mean, there's no, that's, that's, that's a tough stretch right there. I don't know uh, what we should expect out of that. I mean, I think we might be able to get Minnesota. I know we we've always had problems with USC. We should have beat them the last time in Boulder. I, I, we, we, I think we won the last time in Arizona state in Tempe. So maybe we can get a game there. What, what's, what do you think though? Overall at the schedule four and a half wins. I, I tend to think if we get good quarterback play, we can be a bowl team, but I also think it's a, it's a tough schedule. We got back-to-back away games at Cal at Oregon. What, what, what's your analysis just of the schedule? Well, it, it is daunting. And, and uh, my number one takeaway when, when I saw it laid out in front of me was, well, by the time we get through that USC game in week number five, we're going to know what the Colorado Buffaloes are all about by that point in time. Undoubtedly, um, that, that that first week, you know, it's interesting with Ed McCaffrey, who's a, you know a Denver Bronco and a, a legend here in the state of Colorado, and he's he's going to have his son playing quarterback for him now, and all the things that go along with that. But it's a game Colorado should win, obviously. But then you get into that a top ten team preseason uh, in Texas A and M on a neutral site. You know the way those Aggies fans travel, man. I guarantee you, it'll be a uh, a black and gold and maroon uh, stadium there at Mile High Stadium when those two meet. So yeah, we're going to get a real good idea what this team is all about. And what I've always loved about the University of Colorado, you being a longtime fan, you know this. They have never shied away from playing an exceptionally tough non-conference slate. I mean, it's amazing some of the slates they put together uh, over the years that I've been here, the 17 seasons I've been here. And they've, they've never shot away from that. They, they've never uh, gone and played. They just broke their own rule uh, just not, not that long ago and finally said, okay, we'll actually schedule a 1AA every once in a while. They hadn't done that up until just about 10, 12 years ago. And so they've always been willing to step up. Now, what that does, though, it, it certainly puts Carl Durrell in a tough position because I'd have to imagine a guy like Carl Durrell would think, you know, it would be nice to have a couple of cupcakes uh, you know, those first three weeks before we jump into the Pac-12 is I'm building a program, but that's not going to be the case. And, and I do think this is a bold team. We talked about what's going on offensively. Uh, I like those two quarterbacks. I think either one of them can be a very, I think, quality and effective uh, signal caller for the Buffaloes. 
with all the talent they put around them, I think this team can score some points. Uh, I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic, and I'll wait and see a little bit with that defense. But yeah, I do think this is a bowl team. And I think if Carl Durrell, with that schedule, gets him to six, seven wins in a bowl position, I think after what he did in that weird year a year, a year ago, I think you're talking about great success. And uh, it's been it's been a little too long since we've had sustained success here at the University of Colorado. And, and Colby, in my 17 years, I have called, well, including last year, now four winning seasons. Okay, 04 and 05 when Gary was here as a head coach. Dan Hawkins had one. And then Mike McIntyre in 2016 with a Buffalo Bigger Park. Dan Hawkins ended up having a 500 year because I lost the bowl game. So uh, Mike McIntyre in 2016, that last year, there's your four winning seasons since I've been here. So if Carl can do that, I, I think that's going to light a, a fire in you know, Buff Nation. And uh, there'll be a lot of excitement around this program. But I, I definitely think this is the bowl team. Yeah, uh, you're getting me excited because yes, Colorado football needs to be back. I, re- you know, I grew yeah. up big fan in the 90s and and, and uh, even those dark years. I was, I, I had to. You know, had to get through that, but overall, <laughs> I, I think we're in a good spot with Carl Durrell. And uh, guys, if you can, make sure you follow Mark Johnson. Just in general, when you hear his voice when he calls a game, it's fantastic. When they score a touchdown, he's got this great voice, and I'm telling you, it, it's it's one of the best in all the sports. I appreciate you. Give him a follow on Twitter at MJ Buffs Voice. And uh, look, this guy, uh, he was out in the middle of like, I, I think he was working with his horses, rounding up, <laughs> rounding up animals, just doing real men stuff. While I'm sitting back here, you know, drinking a, a LaCroix, you know, I just don't feel uh, worthy right now. I don't, my manhood is in question. <laughs> <laughs> my, my off seasons are pretty fun, man. Um, I do a lot of fly fishing. I do a lot of team roping and uh, help, help some ranching buddy buys move some cattle every once in a while and, and work with my own horses. So that's right. In fact, I came rushing in when we and I were going to do this. I almost missed it because I, I got tangled up with a horse out there. So uh, it's, it's uh it's good living in the state of Colorado. Let's put it that way. I, I tell you, man, I, I'm impressed. And uh, if I ever get out there to Colorado again, I'll have to see that because that sounds like I got to, it's the city slickers experience. I got to be Billy crystal for once. All right. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I'll be curly. You can be Billy. Crystal. <laughs> uh, Mark, I appreciate you so much and uh, go buffs. Hopefully we can do it this year. And we really appreciate you having you uh, on the college football experience. You bet. I've enjoyed it. Look forward to the season. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. That was awesome. Chatting it up with Mark Johnson, talking Colorado Buffalo football. I'm excited. I need to get out there. You know, buff just the buffs. I mean, telling you Folsom field is one of the coolest experiences. If you haven't been to Boulder to Folsom field, you got to get up there and check out a game with a great college football environment, great college environment in general. So Excited to see what Carl Durrell can do uh, in year two with uh, and see what they do at the quarterback position. So, um, look, guys, if you're a first time listener to the College Football Experience, make sure you subscribe because we are, you know, previewing all 130 teams. So, if you're listening to this in the state of Colorado, we will have Air Force is already out. We did Air Force podcast is already out. Colorado State uh, is is about to be out. And uh, we're going to have a bunch more going for you. Wyoming stuff, whatever's, you know, all 130 teams. So whatever you like, we will have you covered here on the college football experience, but also make sure you subscribe to our other feed, the college basketball experience, where we talk about Tad Boyle and those Buffaloes a lot. You know, they had a great, great season, went to the NCAA tournament, beat Georgetown. So uh, we got that PAC 12 preview. We just did out uh, like a week ago. So 
Check that out on the college basketball experience. We talk college football and college basketball year round on both of our feeds. So subscribe, tell a friend and uh, yeah. Um, me, Patty C NC, Nick, my normal co-hosts that are not with me on this episode, but we handicap every single division one college basketball and college football game. Been doing it now for four years and we've never had a losing season picking every game independently. And also uh, as a collective, obviously, but uh, we're also waiver 500 on our locks. So, I mean, we give you all that for free on the SGPN app. So download that SGPN app and, uh, and, and look, we don't charge for picks. We won't charge for picks. The only thing I'm trying to charge you for is your kindness. Can you get over to, uh, to, uh, to iTunes and give us a five-star review? All right. Say some nice things about us. Oftentimes sponsors say that's a big deal. So but perhaps you can help us out there. If you do leave a five-star review, take a screenshot of your review and uh, find me on Twitter at the Colby D and send me your screenshot. And I will send you a brand new college football experience t-shirt. How about that? Brand new t-shirt to go with you. And uh, yeah, uh, at the Colby D give me a follow as well. Patty C is on Twitter. Patty C a three, one NC Nick is on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K. And don't forget uh, the guest on the show here, Mark Johnson. He's on Twitter at MJ buffs voice. Uh, give him a follow as well. And don't forget to follow the sports gambling podcast network at the SGP network. All right, guys, this is the college football experience. Colorado Buffalo's season preview. You better start thinking about yours. And we are. Yeah.